welcome to the CRF podcast. It has come to my attention that I have entirely lost the desire and willpower to even try to write a decent episode of this podcast. And if you've been here for a while, then you know that I have indeed been struggling with this for some time. Really, it all started when my podcasting studio was compromised by evil and tyrannical villains such as the Wi-Fi adapter on my PC that apparently doesn't like Windows 10 updates because every time my computer updates, it would destroy, <laughs> it would destroy my Wi-Fi adapter and I would have to reset it. So I ended up getting a new one, um, but that was a whole thing. And then the new editing software that I bought that had a steep learning curve because I got tired of paying for Adobe, well, for an Adobe Cloud subscription. And then there's my personal nemesis, which is having to ask all of the living beings in my home to silence themselves when I'm podcasting because my studio slash bedroom is not soundproof whatsoever. And that is why I have come to the conclusion that I need an intervention. I need, I don't know, (laughs) I just, I need to get back into the game. And by that I need to stop podcasting in my car using my phone is just not a great thing plus it's hot outside and when I run the AC in my car you can hear it and even with the AC off I just even if I just turn the car on my engine is so loud like really loud and you can hear that too so it's not really a viable option anymore not that it was a viable option to begin with but you get the point And also, I have been very upset with the lack of quality in these last couple of episodes. And I won't even say the last couple of episodes, but just the last episodes in general. Some of them I liked better than others, but most of them I hated as soon as I uploaded it. And I also think my general lack of motivation goes down with each episode because I can't seem to find my footing anymore. When I first started writing episodes, I was thinking of the weirdest dumbest stuff to talk about but then somewhere along the way I was like eh I need to upload today in like an hour and I still don't have a topic because I didn't do what I was supposed to do yesterday and dedicate time to write one out but I'll just record something anyway and everyone could definitely tell because my downloads went down (laughs) so much it's kind of funny I was like dang y'all really did me like that huh yeah of course y'all did me like that I deserved to be done like that Where is my focus? Where is my effort? Shoot, I don't know. And with that being said, I would like to officially announce that I've hit hit rock bottom with this show. And it happens so quickly. But the good thing about rock bottom is that once you hit it, there's nowhere to go but up. So that's where we are. I'm not going to make these changes immediately because I have said that so many times now. I'm going to start podcasting regularly. I'm going to start putting more effort into it. I'm going to stop recording in my car. I keep saying these things, but this time (laughs) I mean it. And I mean it because I am tired of looking at my equipment catch dust in the corner of the room uh, just because I 
didn't feel like dealing with the issues that came with podcasting. If you remember, if you were there in the very beginning, I had so many problems just trying to get this started. Like it took me over a year to publish my first episode because it just, things just kept on coming up and I kind of just didn't want to deal with it anymore, if that makes sense. But these changes will gradually and hopefully very soon occur. I've got to be more organized. I've got to get back to writing on Monday, recording and editing on Tuesday, and uploading on Wednesday or Thursday. Hold me to it. And if at that point I still can't get my ducks in a row, then I'll bow out gracefully and say, this isn't for me. So I guess now that that's out of the way, we can get on with the show now. This week we'll be discussing the topic, TV couples, where are they now? I, like many people, have gotten very invested in TV and movie relationships, not in some way like I don't have my own life (laughs) and my own relationships to focus on. There are some people who get so into this stuff and they're like, oh, I ship this person with that person and blah, 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 blah. And they get like heated argument. They get into heated arguments with other people, not that kind of person. But I do like to see healthy couples portrayed in the scripted media as well as unhealthy couples portrayed in the scripted media. For example, one of my favorite shows ever is Adventure Time. I'll talk about that sometime and why it's like the best cartoon. Uh, I'm actually a cartoon fanatic. I love Bob's Burgers. I love Daria. I love Total Drama. I love We Bear Bears, Phineas and Ferb, Invader Zim, Ren and Stimpy, The Flintstones, just to name a few. But anyone who's seen the show Adventure Time all the way through knows that watching Finn grow up from like, I think he was 12 to 17 at the end of the series is so rewarding. Not only is it such a well-written character arc, but it also highlights the highs and lows of young love and growing up and the mistakes made in early relationships. My favorite, (laughs) I couldn't get that out. My favorite relationship dynamic is that of Finn and Flame Princess. Episodes centered on them were relatable and intriguing because at times they perfectly captured what it's like to not understand love and your feelings, um, to not know what to do with your feelings. And then even after they broke up, their relationship morphed into this iconic friendship where they genuinely learned how to have each other's backs in a way that they didn't understand how to do when they were dating. Genius. But at the end of the show, um, Finn is crushing on and somewhat semi-testing a relationship out with Huntress Wizard. And the final episode does not either confirm or deny if the two actually became a couple and I like it that way because sometimes shows are so focused on forcing a couple together purely based on fan service that it feels fake and it lacks real chemistry relationships can take time and I love how nothing love wise was so neatly wrapped up for Finn by the finale just so they could get him in a relationship Finn was so focused on girls for a large portion of the show but ultimately he didn't get that in the time that he thought he would and that's okay and that's a beautiful life lesson that I think needs to be shown more often especially to younger people but that's enough about that so I want to pick several couples from the show 
um, not from that show, <laughs> from shows where as of the finale, those two people were still together. And some of these shows I haven't seen in a while, so bear with me because I might get some of the details mixed up, but we're going to try to get through it. So I'm trying to think of the shows that I picked. I picked The Office. <laughs> I picked um, the Shrek series. I picked Total Drama. Um, what else did I pick? Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Superstore, and Pretty Little Liars. So if you haven't seen any of those shows slash movie, because Shrek is a movie, then... And you, and you don't want spoilers, even though these things are, I don't know, they've been out for a while. <laughs> and if you don't want spoilers, then just don't watch this episode, I suppose. Watch. Why am I saying watch? Don't listen to this episode, because uh, I might spoil it. Anyway, the first couple I picked are Kelly and Ryan from The Office. At first I was going to do, who was I going to do? Jim and Pam, but I was like, uh, you know what? That's, that's too in your face. That, they are the couple of The Office, really. When everyone thinks about an office couple, they usually think about Jim and Pam, because that's like the first relationship that's shoved in your face when you first start the show. Because you know that Jim likes Pam, but Pam is with Roy, and we got that whole dynamic going on. But one of the more interesting couples, because Jim and Pam, they're kind of, they're not all that interesting. <laughs> They, they do have some, like, interesting things about them, but their relationship as a whole is pretty standard. Um, but Kelly and Brian, we have, here we have the very face of TRM, the Toxic Relationship Magazine, the founding couple themselves. I think everyone knows Kelly and Ryan just from how terrible they are. They're both terrible and even more so together, but they were desperately made for each other in my opinion because no one else could handle them. And they'll break up more times than you can count. Everyone, like I said, everyone knows a Kelly and a Ryan. <laughs> uh, and, and nothing about their relationship makes sense, but no matter how many times they might cuss each other out and leave and briefly get with someone else or like cheat on each other or whatever you know that they're gonna come back to each other the office was full of interesting relationship dynamics but this one was by far i think my favorite well no i take that back they're like my third favorite first up is michael <laughs> and jan <laughs> I like Michael and Holly and I do think they're a great fit together but they're not nearly <laughs> they're not nearly as interesting as Michael's relationship with Jan. All of Michael's relationships throughout the show were <laughs> they were something that could be picked apart and analyzed in an, an entire episode of its own. But Michael and Jan were the most explosive, dynamically terrible couple. Together, I mean, alone, they weren't that great. But together, they just mixed up some concoction of cringe <laughs> and awfulness that cannot be replicated by anyone else. Um, just from the dinner party episode alone, they won a prize for worst couple ever. 
but I didn't really want to talk about them either. I kind of, because it's obvious that they're not still together. Um, the second couple, I think that's my favorite from The Office, is Angela and Dwight, because their scenes together are odd and cringy, but they're also really sweet and funny sometimes, too. And I think <laughs> it's, it's really interesting to see another side of them, because Angela's really strict, and she's really, like... At the beginning, they kind of said that she was, like, this uptight Christian woman, but I don't think that that really, they really, like, fleshed that out the more that the seasons went on. I think that, like, first season Angela was kind of that, but then the more it went on, it was more just, like, Angela was just this uptight woman, not really, like, the Christian. They didn't really explore that. I'll, I'll just say it like that. Because um, it, it's just really interesting to see how Dwight brought out a different side of her, a more humane... <laughs> and lighter side of her and then in Dwight she brought out like feelings emotion and care because Dwight he had all of that stuff in him but he was you know what let's not even get into that <laughs> let's not get into that um but the third my third favorite couple is Kelly and Ryan uh so where are they now do I think they're still together. Yes, I do. That's what I was just saying. I think that they're going to break up multiple times, but overall, I think at the end, they're going to they're just going to keep coming back together. And so I don't remember. I know in the last the very last episode, I haven't seen that one in a while cuz when I go through the office, I don't ever watch the episodes in order. I watched them the first time I watched the office, I watched it out of order, and then I went back and I watched it all the way through and then the third time I kind of like just picked out an episode here or there based on what I just felt like watching at the time but I don't think I've ever really gone back and watched the very last episode it was kind of sad to me and that's that's why but um I know what Kelly I think wasn't she with someone else and she had a baby and the, but then she left to be with Ryan or something like that. And I don't remember what happened after that. I don't know if they told us that Kelly and Ryan stayed together or if they didn't. But in my personal opinion, I think that they will keep coming back to each other. But let's move on to the next one. Shrek and Fiona. They have a timeless love story. Poor boy meets rich girl. Rich girl's family does not approve. Poor boy wins them over somehow. They live happily ever after. But what I like the most about the Shrek series is that each sequel feels like a logical... <laughs> Here I go getting tongue-tied again. Each sequel feels like a logical continuation of the story. It really is a genuine what would happen next. Allow me to explain. My brother and I had a, uh, a conversation about this and he made some excellent points. This was a couple years ago when he was telling me why he thinks that Shrek is the best movie ever. Shrek 2 in, in particular, he thinks that it is the most well done sequel of all sequels. And one day I should get him to explain that because it's so funny to watch him get so riled up about this topic. He's so, like he just geeks out when we talk about Shrek, but he's he was right uh, about how each sequel in the series tells the next part of the story in a very realistic way. Um, a good sequel needs to answer a question left behind 
from the film before it. In the case of Shrek 1, my favorite, actually, they get married. But now what? In Shrek 2, we get that answer. Logically, the next step in their journey would be to meet the family. And at the end of that, we get our next question. What happens when Shrek and Fiona eventually become king and queen? There are more like questions that were left at the end, but I'm just picking one very basic question that tells a story. Um, so Shrek is certainly not used to this kind of lifestyle and although he's generally been a good sport about it and sacrificed a lot to be with Fiona, it's starting to catch up with him. He knows he was not made for this life and uh, that's why he sets out to find a replacement. And then in the last movie, which I, the last movie didn't really feel like it was part of the same, I don't know how to explain it. I like the fourth movie for what it is. I think that Shrek the Four, what is it? I can't even remember the name of it. <laughs> um, but I think that the fourth Shrek does a good job for what it is. It's the fourth movie in a series. And a lot of, <laughs> a lot of times when you have a series that goes on for more than like two or three movies like if it's a trilogy and then they add on a fourth one it can feel like it's not the same set of movies like take for take for instance the Pirates of the Caribbean um, series one two and three feel like a complete set four feels like they added on an addition like you already have a completed house and then they add on a room and it's not really necessary and it doesn't really take anything away from it but it's not a part of the original house. And the fifth movie was kind of like they bulldozed the entire house, the entire original house, and built a shack in its place. <laughs> That's what the fifth movie feels like. But for Shrek the Four, the fourth Shrek, fo Shrek Four, the fourth of the Shrek, I don't know, it feels like it was tacked on to the end and it added value and I appreciated it for what it was. It wasn't a bad movie at all. It just didn't feel like Shrek 1 and Shrek 2 did. Shrek 3 was kind of eh, but um, it still felt like it was part of that that series if that makes sense. Uh, and a lot of people I heard didn't really care for it that much but that's a whole different conversation. The point that I'm really trying to make here is that that fourth movie answers the best question of them all. Who is Shrek now? Since he's not a scary loner ogre anymore, who is he? Shrek has had, no he has not had the time to really figure out his new identity and his place in life in the midst of all the chaos from the first three, well yeah from the first three movies. Because he was very quickly wrapped up into a world that he was not used to. And um, like I said, he had to make a lot of sacrifices and he had to change a lot of his behaviors. And the core being of who he thought he was was completely turned upside down. Shrek, um, he, what did he, he left his home, he got married, he became royalty, now he's a father. And it all happened so fast with no time to breathe in between. So, 
who is he now? He's going through like an identity crisis and he's kind of starting to miss his old life, even though he's, he's happier. He likes this new life. This is what he wanted after he met Fiona and she changed him and she changed his heart and she changed his attitude and he like felt love genuinely for the first time all of that began to change him but sometimes I think in life when things become too uncomfortable even though it's better for us because it's new and because it's not something we're used to we tend to like gravitate and we want our old things back we want our old way of life back um it's like the story in the Bible with Lot's wife is not exactly like that, but <laughs> um, her old home was literally getting destroyed. If you've ever heard the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, she was living in one of those places, I believe. I think. Something like that. <laughs> I can't think right now. But she and her family were living in a city that was about to be destroyed. They knew it was about to be destroyed because a visitor, an angel, had just come to them and said, hey, your whole town's about to be wiped out by, like, fire and brimstone. So it would probably be best if you left. Well, they didn't really want to leave at first. They, they were kind of sitting around like, uh, hmm. Yeah, well, so the angel literally grabbed them and was like, hey, I'm pulling, I am dragging you out of here, let's go. And as they're running, he tells them, don't look back. If you look back, you'll be turned into a pile of salt, something like that. Just, <laughs> just bear with me. I don't think that's how it went exactly, but you get the gist. And so Lot's wife... Well, yeah, Lot's wife. She never really got a name. Lot's wife, let's just call her um, Mary. No, not Mary. Um, Meredith. Okay, so Meredith is running. And she's like, okay, we're running to this new land. It's going to be better because, you know, it's not being destroyed by lava. And God promised that it was a good place to be. So let me just run. <laughs> but as she's running, she's thinking like, gosh, I really miss my home. I miss my stuff. I miss the things I had in that house. I miss my town. And so she looks back. And then it says that she got she got tiled, she got turned into a pillar of salt. Some I think that's what it said. So I don't really understand exactly how that came to be. I feel like what actually happened was that, I don't know, maybe she didn't, I don't know if she like literally turned around and looked back and maybe in that second that it took for her to do that, up the thing of lava hit her in the head or whatever and turned her into dust. It burnt her up. Hmm. It's raining. That's interesting. Okay, I got sidetracked, but yeah, I don't know if that's what happened, but I do know that somehow or another, I don't know if, like I said, I don't know if it's literal or metaphorical. I don't know if she was just thinking about her old stuff and that slowed her down and that's what turned her into a pile of salt. I don't know, but that's what Shrek was basically doing. He was looking back and in that looking back that he in that looking back that he was doing he ended up sacrificing his old 
well, his new life. He sacrificed everything that he loved about his new life to go back in the past and live like he used to. Because Rumpelstiltskin took his... He was like, you know, you can... If you just let me erase one day from your past, one random day from your past, you can go back to being the big scary ogre that you used to be. Shrek's like, deal. And then Rumpelstiltskin takes away the day Shrek was born. <laughs> so you see but yeah um I think that that is an excellent question to ask and it is the best question asked and answered of all the Shrek films um, but at the end Shrek realizes that his new life is so much more than he thought it was and he comes to appreciate it and for that reason right there I know that Shrek and Fiona will last as a couple and as a family the next couple that I picked were Courtney and Duncan from Total Drama. Now, Total Drama Island holds a very special place in my heart because it is truly the first cartoon that I'd ever seen that so perfectly captured reality, reality TV in a cynical and convincing way. Whoops, <laughs> just dropped my microphone. In a cynical and convincing way, in, in the way that it did. I, I don't quite understand my sense of humor, but I do know that a large part of my sense of humor is is things like that. <laughs> and I love parodies. I really, really do. And Total Drama is downright hilarious at times. Like, people sleep on it, I think. They don't really appreciate it for what it is. Some of the other seasons, mm, well, <laughs> but that first season I let me tell you I recently watched it over again for the first time in years and I loved it even more this time than the first the spinoffs and the other seasons like I said are okay and I even have a tier ranking for that too that I wrote down somewhere I need to find it I think like Pacateo Island was not bad I didn't really care for total drama action as much as I did Island but it wasn't terrible it wasn't the worst season things like that um, but the first season is the most iconic and I can't remember if Courtney and Duncan stayed together or not because I only watched the first season over again and it's been a couple years since I've seen the rest of the seasons like the last season that I watched was Pacateo Island and that was a completely different set of characters than it was for the first one and I liked Pacateo Island but I I couldn't remember if I liked it more or less than the other ones it, that you know what that's really not important <laughs> but what I'm trying to get at is that Courtney and Duncan were in the first two or three seasons or maybe it was just the first two seasons or maybe they were in like the first two seasons in an all-star season something like that but they did have a second season because at the first the end of the first season they were a couple and then I think in like the second season or something they broke up sometime during that and then ended up getting back together later whatever either way what I love about them is how they round each other out and they make each other more tolerable alone they can be almost insufferable I really did not like Courtney by herself but they're but together their worst qualities are toned down and they're just mixed together to create a very well-rounded relationship and the way Duncan 
slowly wins Courtney over just by being his <laughs> his regular self, something that she didn't think that she liked, is kind of endearing because it gives Courtney a flaw. She really sees herself as perfect, and the reason that she hates that she loves Duncan so much is because he shines a light on her imperfections. And I think that these two will make it work. I think it's going to take some work, but they're going to make it work. They're likely going to get on each other's last nerves a lot, like a lot of couples, like a lot of couples do, but in the end, it's all love. Okay, next on the list is Jake Peralta and Amy Santiago. Truly, this was a love made to last. If anyone on this list can make it work forever and always, it's these two. Granted, the show is still on the air, so we do know for a fact that they are still married, <laughs> but Brooklyn Nine-Nine has very quickly made its way to the top of my heart, so I just had to throw them in there, even though that really had nothing to do with the rest of the couples. I just want to say, Jake and Amy, you're my favorites. Love you. Okay, next couple. Amy and Jonah from Superstore. I actually really did not like this pairing at first. <laughs> Let me explain. I saw it coming, but I wasn't rooting for it. And honestly, <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you, I kept comparing them to Jake and Amy from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I felt like they were supposed to be that couple. Like, if you were going to compare a couple from two different shows, and they're, they're supposed to be like the flagship couple of the show, that's them. But I, I just wasn't feeling... I just wasn't feeling it. Um, I love both the characters of Amy and Jonah, and I love how they play off of each other as total opposites. Jonah is this like wimpy, kind of nerdy, not really sure of himself kind of guy. Maybe he is. I don't know how to explain Jonah. I really don't. But they, it should work. That's what I'm trying to say. It should work as a TV couple, but I just wasn't feeling sparks. And the last season left us on a cliffhanger because Amy is planning on moving so that she could work at corporate, which is something that Jonah is against because he thinks it's unethical and he thinks that she's kind of probably doing it for the wrong reasons, but whatever. And I really feel like both of them are more invested in their careers than they are in their relationship. And I don't see them being together long-term in the future. Like, I feel like if problems start to come their way, they're not going to want to overcome it. They're the type of people to just be like, mm, it's easier if we just split up. They're both really headstrong though, and neither is very flexible when it comes to their own goals and it were like when it comes to where they see themselves going in life. It, maybe they will work it out. I don't know, but I don't think I put my money on it. So this one, this is the last couple. Okay, <laughs> so let me just say, the only reason that I watched this show, I'll never forget this day, it was 10th grade, I was in biology class, and my friend Maya was like, have you seen Pretty Little Liars? And I was like, no, absolutely not, not watching that show. <laughs> it looks so stupid. I kept seeing the commercials play because I would watch, what was it on, ABC Family or something like that? I don't know, had they switched over to Freeform yet? But whatever it was, I would watch that channel quite a bit, but I never watched Pretty Little Liars. And that day in class, my friend who sat like across the room and kind of ahead of me, 
she was like, Asia, you should watch Pretty Little Liars, blah, 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 because this happened and this happened and I want to talk about it, but I don't have anybody to talk about it with, so you need to watch it. So I went home that day and I watched it and boy, oh boy, <laughs> was I correct. It was the dumbest show ever, but it was also so incredibly hooking it hooked me. I had to finish the show. It didn't matter how much crap they threw my way and how much I was like, this is so dumb. Well, who wrote this? It didn't matter. I just had to see how it played out. I had to see who A was. I had to see who, who was it, like Uber A. <laughs> there were so many, there's like Red Coat and there's like Vivian Dark Bloom. There were so many people. There were so many, but I had to find out who they were. And then at one point, I think there was like an AA. <laughs> so dumb. Anyway. Okay. This relationship was problematic from the start. If you don't know who I'm referring to, I'm talking about the student and teacher, Aria and Ezra. I don't regret watching this dumpster fire of a show one bit because it genuinely made me lose my mind on many occasions. And I love that. I love, love, love when I'm watching something and I can just go, what? <laughs> what happened? But anyway, on one of those occasions, um, one of those occasions was that Ezra revealed, Ezra the teacher revealed that he knew Arya was a high school student when he picked her up in a bar. Okay, see at first, people try to reason that their love was okay because he had no idea she was that young. But uh, no, he knew, he totally knew. And the fact that he went around creeping on young girls and getting lucky with them just to write a book about them makes me question my existence on this planet. Because let's rewind a little bit. There's so much that happened that I don't even know if I could recap everything about their relationship. Cause it's so convoluted that many times they like would stop a storyline and then start a new one and then twist that one into this one and introduce this character but then kill them off and then they really weren't important it, whatever but so what i remember vaguely happening is that aria went to this bar she met a man um i think she told him she was at college and he was like i'm at college too or something like that but really he was a teacher and she was a student and then they like what do they do i think they made out in the bathroom i don't know it was weird but that's kind of how he met her and at first he was saying that he didn't know who she was he didn't know she was a student in his class too that's what makes it worse she was going to a new grade in high school and she was in his Oh my god. <laughs> and that's how they see the thing about the show is that they kept retconning. Um is that is that the term? Yeah, they kept retconning cuz at first you could see the genuine surprise and shock on his face the next day when they're in class and he realizes that she's one of his students. But then later on in the show they're like, "Yeah, he's like, "Yeah, I knew who you were cuz at first I was following your friend Allison." And I, I knew she was a minor, uh, blah, blah, blah. I was writing a book about her, but then I couldn't get to her. So I was like, I'm going to go through you and I'm going to write the book about you. 
see see what I mean but these two went through so many problems so so many problems that I really don't think that they would still be together I don't remember if they got married or not I know at the end of the show they tried to like wrap up a bunch of relationships that had been kind of up in the air like there was Spencer and Toby and Hannah and Caleb and who else was there I'm missing someone Allison and well there was like this whole like triangle love between Allison and what's that Emily and what Paige or somebody I don't know there was a bunch of different revolving relationships in that area but yeah oh and then there was another point there was somebody else <laughs> I think somebody was dating someone else and who was he he was like what was his name Holden you know what I'm getting I'm getting too wrapped up <sighs> but the point is I don't think that they're still together and to end off with this just I want you to remember if you can if you've ever seen this show I want you to remember that terrible scene where all of the men from the couples of that friend group plus Paige stood on the steps I think there was like this, this like stairway in the house and they were standing there in their underwear trying to look sexy for their partners imagine yourself standing there half naked with your teacher who is also half naked while you're both trying to seduce your respective partners imagine that that is so messed up who wrote that scene who decided that that was okay who decided who I want to I just I just want to talk I just want to talk <laughs> imagine that but there are honestly so many iconic TV couples that you can just keep going with this just pick your own faves to talk about and try to peer into the future to see where they might be now. You could also do it with just TV characters in general. It doesn't have to be a couple. Like, for instance, you might be wondering what Lily is up to from Modern Family now that the show is wrapped. Or Carlton from The Fresh Prince. Personally, I want to know if Bobby Prowl from The Prowl Family ever dropped any more bangers like So Dysfunctional. Such a classic. Such an iconic song <laughs> if you've never heard it go listen to it and if you've never seen the proud family which some people say is problematic and it is whatever i the show is funny just watch it um before we end i'd like to give you the cute story of the day so i had a teacher in elementary school who i adored because she made everything super interesting and fun i still remember some of the songs she came up with to help us learn different things um some of the little jingles and acronyms and some of the i just remember some of the lessons some of the projects that we had um she taught math my fourth grade year and she taught science my fifth and she was always on you about being the best that you could be but she was so lovable and just so kind and all of the that and above okay anyway i recently ran into her at the grocery store maybe a month or two ago for the first time in years and I'd say like the last time I saw her was when I was in the sixth grade and for reference I'm 21 now so how old are you in the sixth grade like 11 or 12 you see how many years that is in between also in case you missed the last episode I work at a grocery store so for reference um, but she didn't recognize me at first um, but you know with the mask on who really recognizes anybody 
But I knew it was her because I saw her hairstyle and I saw just like the top of her face. And I just said, that's, that's her. That is her. I know that is her. But I didn't want to just jump out and be like, just be all like, hey, you are my teacher. I love you. (laughs) Without confirming if it was her or not. But she pulled out, I was ringing her up and she pulled out her store rewards card which had her name on it I was like gotcha that's her I knew it was her so I casually mentioned that I had her as a teacher and she kind of paused and she looked at me like recognition was setting in she was like what's your name so I told her my name and then she remembered and I know she remembered because she started calling out my family members and she like remembered what church I used to go to at the time and I was just having a ball but anyway yesterday I was ringing up a customer who all of a sudden decided that they didn't want this freshly cooked rotisserie chicken that they picked up <laughs> and um, she handed it to me which I appreciate because most people will just hide it in some obscure spot causing it to go bad and be wasted like oh this expensive steak I don't want it anymore yeah I'll just throw that here behind all these boxes of instant oatmeal so I finished ringing this lady up and I turned my register light off and I locked it so I could go take back the chicken and on the way there I ran into my teacher who was blocking the pathway and she asked if I was going to go back to my register right now and I didn't realize that's what she had said until after I responded and walked away instead I responded I just need to get past you I don't even know what I thought she said I think I thought she said are you talking to me or something like that and I was like no I just need to get past you so I go take the chicken back and then I'm like oh wait that was miss so-and-so oh man I wish I hadn't just just said I need to get past you I would have spoke to her (laughs) but um I go take the chicken back and I head back to my register and guess who's standing there patiently loading her groceries onto the belt of the register it's mrs so-and-so um and what was so sweet is that instead of getting into someone else's line who was already open and was ready to ring her stuff up this woman was like nah i'll just wait for asia whenever she gets back um and no one else may find that really sweet but i just thought it was heartwarming that she just like waited for she was just waiting for me because she wanted to talk to me so that was really nice um and i just wanted to insert a little happy thought into this because the world is kind of depressing right now and I thought that we could all use a a nice little story like this just like we could all use a little patience a little love and a little joy so that brings me to the conclusion of this episode I hope you enjoyed it and if you did please remember to tell your mom tell your cousin tell your baby daddy your neighbor your pastor and even your FBI agent, who probably already knows that you're listening to this, to stop by and check this show out. New episodes drop weekly, every Wednesday or Thursday. Do me a favor, go and kiss your homies on the forehead and tell them you love them. I'll see you next time. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Completely Random Foolishness, or on Twitter at CRF underscore podcast. Intro and outro music made by Eric Burwell, aka The Best Dad Ever. And thanks for listening to this abysmal calamity I call a podcast.